You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be asking the question, is John Calipari going to do it again? Is he going to run a shortened rotation once more for the Kentucky Wildcats, despite all of the talent that they are going to have on roster next season. Going to dive into what this makeup for the rotation could look like, what players could get excluded, what players should get included. Going to dive into that today, as well as a discussion surrounding five-star center Flory uh, Badunga. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. He is, a again, a five-star center that the Wildcats are currently looking at, trying to get him on campus for a June Visit, going to talk about what he would mean for the Wildcats, going to kind of give you an idea as to what his game is about. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, now is the time to subscribe to the show. A lot of great transfer portal information and recruiting news going to be coming your way here over the next couple of months. Uh, it's going to be a fun time here at Locked On Kentucky. Also, answering your questions. If you've got any questions you want to ask the show, you can leave them in the YouTube comments below. If you're watching on podcast, you can follow there. Subscribe, follow, rate, wherever you're listening or watching. I really do appreciate it. So let's go ahead and get into it. The question I want to ask on today's episode, something that we're probably going to talk about for... The rest of the summer, uh, I would assume whenever summer starts here, that is in, in about a month or so, is Kentucky really going to run a seven, eight-man rotation with this year's roster? I mean, they've got talent up and down the board, and if they end up getting the players that we think they're going to get uh, in the transfer portal or if they're going to get these returnees, some of them that we expect to come back, there is going to be so many mouths to feed it's very difficult to foresee Cal doing what he's done in the past, which is take the rotation down to about seven or eight men that get legitimate, valuable minutes and actually contribute to the team. I want to preface this by saying I understand that injuries happen. I understand that things occur that, um, that kind of force you, the coaching staff, to do things with the rotation that you may not want to. Also, something we saw last year that I thought was impressive growth was Cal changing up the rotation when there wasn't injuries, changing up the rotation to try and make the best possible team. And once he found that, he went with it because last year's roster was just a little bit weird in the way that it was made up, and it ended up not panning out the way that everyone thought it would. So props to him for recognizing the fact that, hey, we've got to kind of take this tighter uh, because we have to win games and... I think that as the season went on and some players started to get more healthy, that was the time to kind of loosen things up maybe just a little bit. Kentucky didn't do that. They got bounced in the second round. It's whatever. We're looking forward to this year's team. So the first thing I want to do today is kind of tackle the assumption for starting roles. I'm going to list here instead of what I've done in the past, which is I think this is going to be a starting point guard, shooting guard, power forward, small forward, center, center whatever have you. I'm going to do what we've, we, we should be doing, which is going through the 1, the 2, the 3, the 4, the 5, the 6, the 7, 
the 8, the 9, the 10 in this rotation. Whenever I list these guys, 1 through 5, for the starting lineup, I do believe that they're going to be the starters, and I do believe that they're going to be the guys that contribute the most. Now, do I think Rob Dillingham, who's my number one here, is going to be the most ball-dominant player and he's going to shoot the most shots? I can see a world where it happens, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be the one trying to shoot all the time and he's the number one option on the team. He may end up being that. I'm just walking through here. It's partially rotationally what these guys look like, run one through ten, and then also partially what these guys look, look like as projected starters, in my opinion. So, Rob Dillingham at number one. At number two, I've got DJ Wagner. Uh, he is the shooting guard, I would assume, for Kentucky this season. Number three is Justin Edwards, the third option. Fourth option, Aaron Bradshaw, the power forward. Your fifth option is going to be your starting center. As of right now, what we're looking at right now is you got you got to Unless Kentucky gets a player in the transfer portal, i.e. Hunter Dickinson, i.e. two of the prospects that we talked about on yesterday's show, or they end up getting Oscar Shibway back, which we'll talk about what that looks like here in just a second. But as of right now, Uganda Nienzo is number five. And then you get into the bench. So you've got your one through five. So you were asking the question, can you make a seven, eight man rotation out of this? Or, or should you have a larger bench? You have your number six option, I think, is going to be Antonio Reeves or Chris Livingston, whoever returns. I think one of them is going to return. Maybe both of them, in which case that shakes up how this looks. If he does return, if Chris Livingston does return along with Antonio Reeves, who I think is going to be the sixth man Reeves is, then I think Chris Livingston or the backup power forward would be the seventh man in this rotation. So we've already fleshed out the seventh man in this rotation We've got three other players that could make this a 10-man rotation. Okay, follow along with me here. I think that Reed Shepard would be your eighth man in this rotation. Now, we ha- we've had this discussion recently on the show, and a couple of you have kind of agreed with me or taken it even further in the comment section discussing Reed Shepard's role on this year's Kentucky team, this season's Kentucky team. And it's not because he's the lowest-rated player in this class. I think he's a very talented player. Very excited about him, and I want him to have minutes. I'm just projecting here. I'm just assuming, just kind of making some guesses based on the way that Cal has done things in the past. Reed Shepard could get left behind here. And I don't mean in a way that's just like he just doesn't get to play. I mean like he doesn't get the minutes that he deserves based on his talent level. And that could because we're in this new era of college sports, period, could spark a transfer, or it could spark him doing whatever. I mean, he, he could just leave, and he could, or he could get very upset with it and try and try and reason it out with the coach. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that it feels like right now, Shepard projecting it out is the eighth best player in this rotation. And then you have your nine spot, and that either goes to your backup point or your backup center. It changes, I think, depending on who your starting center is. In this case, if it's Uganda and Yenzo, I think your ninth man is Lance Ware. I'm not fired up about it. I'm fired up about his ability to get fired up, but I'm not fired up about having him as your as your second option there at the center position. And then your tenth man would be a Duthiero at point. So again, to recap, what it looks like right now, at least it was what I think it's going to look like right now, one through five, 
Dillingham, Wagner, Edwards, Bradshaw, Onyenzo. And then your sixth man is Antonio Reeves. Your seventh is your backup power forward. Your eighth is Reed Shepard. Your ninth is Lance Ware. And your tenth is Adutiero. Is that deserving? Are those players, Reed Shepard, Adutiero, Lance Ware, Chris Livingston, are they worthy of getting the bench extended that far to where those guys contribute? I don't want to say significantly, but but as, but as a bench should. The whole the po- whole point of this exercise today is to discuss Cal- Cal's you know desire in the past to shorten things despite having talent on the bench. Are we going to see him do that again with these guys with this much talent? Possibly. I think that it's certainly possible. Now look at what this lineup could be. And I think once you add literally one or two players, it changes the, the the answer to that question, I think, dramatically. Rob Dillingham, DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards, Aaron Bradshaw, and then at your fifth option, you have Oscar Shibway at center if he decides to return. Your sixth man, I still think, is Antonio Reeves. Your seventh man is either going to be your backup power forward or Uganda Enzo. Your eighth man is Reed Shepard, and your ninth man is a Duthier, your ninth slash tenth. So that makes it a little bit more desirable to run that deep. I think Uganda Enzo, part of his pitch to come back past NIL was the fact that he wanted playing time. He's going to get that. He's going to be the seventh or eighth man in this rotation. I think you extend past that because you have a guy like Reed Shepard on roster. Yes, you give him those opportunities. So you now have what could be a ninth nine-man rotation that Cal almost has to play. He's almost got to play these kids to keep them happy unless they're just comfortable sitting on the bench, you know, playing five to eight minutes a game at most and making that money through NIL. I don't know if that's the case. We'll have to wait and see. But personally, I would be surprised if Cal with Shepard, Onyenzo, a backup power forward and a Duthiero, who is now, by the way, six foot seven, two hundred plus pounds, keeping those guys under wraps. I don't see a world where you just don't play them unless they're just bad out the gate, in which case you adjust some things and you let your starters play more. Um, but this is a weird scenario, I think, for Kentucky this year because it's the first time in a hot minute where I think Kentucky could run deep. I took a look at their numbers on Kim Palm recently just to kind of see how these rotations have worked in the past. And to be honest with you, the teams that have been really good, there are a couple of outliers, but the teams that have been really good have had short rotations. And the ones where Cal has struggled in seasons, it seems like the Wildcats have tried to expand things when it comes to letting players on the bench get more opportunities. I think with this year's roster, what it could potentially be, you need to have... Some uh, some length lengthened rotations. You need to have longer bench minutes. I was trying to figure out the best way to say that. There is a world here also where Dillingham, Wagner, Edwards, and Bradshaw are accompanied by Hunter Dickinson at the center spot. Then you've got Aaron. Then you've got oh, you got Onyenzo. If Chris Livingston comes back, you're looking at this lineup, and I'm just guessing, just guessing. Point guard Rob Dillingham and Duthiero. Shooting guard, DJ Wagner, Reed Shepard. Small forward, Justin Edwards, Antonio Reeves. Power forward, Aaron Bradshaw, Chris Livingston. Center, Hunter Dickinson, Uganda Onyenzo. How that bench does not play would be would be beyond me if they did not end up getting 
significant minutes. If you do not play a nine to ten man rotation with that bench, I can understand keeping uh, a do a little bit out of it because Rob Dillingham's going to be your guy. I can understand that. Nine men in this rotation, I think, is where you have to land if you get Hunter Dickinson. And if in if Chris Livingston comes back, it's full throttle. You run a nine-man rotation. Kentucky should be deeper than they have been in about three or four years. It's been a minute since Kentucky can confidently say, heading into a season, we're deep. And it's not because, oh, well, we've got these five stars coming in. We think they're going to play. No, we know these five stars are going to play. And then we've got the experience, potentially, with Reeves, maybe Livingston, maybe Sheebway, maybe Dickinson. We've got a little bit of experience there as well to kind of back this up. So I'm excited about this rotation. I want to see what this team does uh, with it. I really do hope Cal does not limit the players that should be getting opportunities. If they're just not good, then we're going to have to live with that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to circle back on it. I'm not. It's not going to be a thing where like, oh, you were wrong. It's. It's. If the reality of the situation is the players weren't good, I understand cutting the rotation. But on paper, right now, May third, we've got months until the season starts. It looks like this should be a deep roster. Just projecting. Just projecting. You can leave all of the thoughts that you have on this rotation, on what Kentucky could be doing with these different guys in the YouTube comments below. If you're listening on podcast, you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK on Twitter. I'm going to dive into this five-star center. Flory uh, Badunga is how I'm going to pronounce his name. If I'm wrong, I will just cry about it. Uh, he's a very talented player. I've got my I've got some interesting thoughts on him. I've I've, I've got some opinions on this kid uh, as a prospect for the Wildcats. Before we dive into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but you don't want all of the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever from Built. You have got to try these things. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're excellent, delicious. So many different flavors, and on top of all of this, they're very very good for you. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. Compared to your average candy bar, these things these things win every single time. Uh, as the kids say, they slap, and they've got some really good flavors like cookies and cream that I personally really enjoy. Salted caramel is another great one uh, that they have. You can get all of these different specialty flavors over at Built.com. There are tons of them if you want to try them out. Or you can go to Walmart or Sam's Club to pick up a 4-bar or 13-bar box. Cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff, Brownie batter puff, churro puff. These are just some of the flavors that you can try in store. And again, if you want to go check them out at built.com, you can as well. I'm going to encourage you guys. You've got to try these. And once you do, you can thank me later. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky Lance Dahl, hanging out here with you. If you have not checked out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast with Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, you are doing yourself a disservice. They are absolutely great at what they do. They bring me on. They bring experts on. They bring coaches, players, anybody that has an opinion in the college basketball world. Uh, they're going to have them on, and they've got some great opinions themselves. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find them on YouTube as well. Just search up the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Also, if you have not subscribed to this YouTube channel already, please go ahead and do so. We want 500 subscribers, or 5,000 subscribers. We already got 500. We want 5,000 subscribers before the start of football season. I think we're going to get there. You need to join the ride. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of great content. 
Once more, if you've got questions, you can drop them down in the comments below. If you're listening on podcast, do me a favor. Go ahead and follow because you're going to want to keep track of this thread here as we wade deeper into the summer. Uh, podcast listeners are some of the most loyal ones out there. Um, I know that I get to see a lot of you guys on YouTube. It's it's the, some of the podcast people that will reach out to me on occasion that uh, really do make me appreciate, you know, how long I've been doing this. You know, I've only been doing this for a year and a half, but it feels like people are really uh, attached to what we've got going on here. So hopefully we're able to bring you guys some great Kentucky content for the years to come. So shout out my podcast listeners. Uh, they are really, really big uh, to what we do here uh, as well. So Flory Badunga is how I'm going to pronounce his name. If it's slightly pronounced differently, I will just eat it. I can't read. This kid is special. After watching his film, watching his highlights, taking a look at what he's about, this kid is a special talent. But I'm not quite sure if he's what Kentucky wants. So, let's dive into that thought process here. So, Badunga currently right now is a six foot nine. 215-pound center, according to 24-7 Sports, out of Kokomo High School in Kokomo, Indiana. He is a five-star prospect, number three in the country in the 2024 cycle. He is the best center and the best player in the state of Indiana right now. Auburn is a major player right now in Flory's recruitment. I know that because... Yeah, and then Cincinnati is also uh, another player in this race as well. He was actually projected to go back to, to Cincinnati back in November. I'm not quite sure what has happened since then with his recruitment, but I can tell you what's happened recently. Uh, not a lot of offers here lately uh, for, uh, for Flory, but the most recent ones, UCLA, Florida, Louisville, Kentucky, and Michigan State, just give you an idea of what this kid is currently looking at. Very talented player. What does he do well? well I've got some notes here for you guys. Uh, right now, I think the word I'm going to stick with is burst. This is something that you're probably going to see on a couple of other scouting reports. I believe on three said something about having a lot of burst. This kid has burst. When he's in the post, you don't expect it. It's kind of sudden uh, in, in the fact that he just takes over. Like he, He's going to be backing somebody down. Back some, he makes a move. Bam, he's dunking it. He is just crazy explosive uh, in the post in a way that you would not expect out of a six foot nine kid. That's probably where my concerns start and essentially end with Flory is the fact that he is six foot nine. Is he going to grow to six foot 10, six foot 11 based on what I've seen? I don't know. I don't think so. I would love to see him get up to six foot 10, six foot 10 and a half. I want to see some height on a Kentucky center that they can use like consistently in the future because Flory at six foot nine, I'm not going to lie to you. If he had a little bit more of a shooting touch, I mean, this kid would be a very good power forward. Uh, I think that he would be a very good four uh, for Kentucky. He does not have a shooting touch, by the way. Um, there are a couple of highlights of him taking and making threes that were wide open. Um, he is not somebody that would want shooting the basketball outside of the paint, but what he does in the paint is so, so amazing. Uh, this is probably the biggest note that I have here outside of his burst on the offensive end and on the defensive end as well. Just overall, it's just sudden. He may be the best shot blocker that we've talked about in the history of this, this YouTube channel in this podcast for me. He may be the best shot blocker in terms of timing and execution. It's not overly aggressive like swat you into the stands. He's just there. Almost every single highlight I see, it's like, 
he he times it so well. He sees it coming. He gets himself ready. And if he's behind somebody, he's swatting it like LeBron does. If he's in front of somebody, he's just excellent with that with that southpaw getting it up there and knocking a shot down. It is beautiful the way that Flory executes on both ends of the floor when it comes to explosiveness and when it comes to shot blocking and then also attacking the rim himself. I think that his high school numbers and his high school film is inflated by the fact that he's playing with kids that just simply can't jump with him. I mean, it it literally just looks like most of the time he's backing down a kid or he's running with a kid that just can't keep up. And I think that that is probably the latter part of my concern with him as a prospect if I were to have any because I'm really curious how that translates to the college game. I only saw one highlight of him pinning what had to have been a seven foot one, seven foot kid uh, pinning his block shot, and then we didn't get to see anything else with him playing against that taller kid. I need to look at some more film, maybe see if he's played against some taller players, some more physical players, but it looks like he was overpowering at one level. Once he takes it up to a world where he plays at like Kentucky or Indiana or Auburn or wherever he's going to end up going, uh, I think that it's going to be a bit of a challenge for him to adjust to the fact that College players just don't take getting rotated on in the post and getting dunked on. They just don't take that. Now, he's probably still going to be able to get away with some of it, and I say get away. I mean, that's his. he's a very talented kid. He's going to be able to execute. I just don't think he's going to be execu- executing at, as, at high, as high of a level uh, as he did in high school. That's kind of a duh moment, but at the same time, I really do feel like part of what has given him uh, this, uh, this, this ranking, this excitement is the fact that he's dominating kids that just aren't athletically on the same level as he is. And once you get to a league like the SEC or the Big Ten, those things change. Uh, I, I'm just very curious to see how his post game and how his just ability to rise over somebody and dunk uh, at a given moment, how that translates to college when you're playing more physical, more built kids. I think that's something else that I'd, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but it's something to note here. He's extremely reliant on his left hand. He's a left-hander. Uh, he is very reliant in in all phases of the game uh, on his left hand defensively, offensively. When it comes to his shooting, he's got decent touch, I think, in that little paint area. Again, not a three-point shooter. Would not want him taking threes. He is a paint-exclusive player. That's also something... Where if you're Kentucky, I mean, that's you have to ask the question, are you cool with that? They have been in the past. Or are they going to be okay with that again? I don't know. But it's it's the explosiveness. It's the timing. It's the fluidity of what he does on both ends of the floor that has made him a five-star prospect. He is aggressive at times. And again, burst is the, is the name of the game with him. It's just sudden. There are several highlights of him in a tournament or some camp in Indiana um, of him taking a ball on the fast break and just getting past people and dunking it. Again, how does that translate to college whenever you're going to have guys that are going to get back and are going to play better defense? I don't know. We'll have to see. But the tape says he's a winner. The tape says he's a scorer. The tape says his best aspect is his shot-blocking ability. Kentucky needs shot blockers. They need rim protectors. Do they get that consistently when kids are backing him down in college in the post? I don't know. I don't know how that translates. He's a great prospect now. I just have like some sort of, I don't know what it is. It's just a gut feeling of caution 
because I, I I do love what he has going for himself. I love what he's got on the table. But there are a couple different things that just make me go, is this what Kentucky wants out of their future center at six foot nine? I don't know. I don't know. And let's say it works out where maybe he's able to develop a little bit, you know, paired with a guy like if he stays, you gun on Yenzo. Let's say there's a world where Flory does end up going to Kentucky and he ends up pairing with a guy like Onyenzo who's taller and can block shots just as well as he can, maybe be an understudy, have some time to develop some more college skills, maybe not throw him directly into the fray uh, as, a, as a high school freshman. And I know that's really weird to say uh, about somebody that is ranked as highly and as highly coveted as, uh, as Flory, um, but I just... I don't know. Something about it. Something about it uh, makes me go, I want to have him on my team, but I don't know if he's the number one option for Kentucky. Maybe he doesn't have to be. Maybe he's just a really good defensive prospect that Kentucky ends up picking up. But again, several other major contenders uh, right now for Flory Badunga uh, for uh, for his services, that is. So if you've got any thoughts on it, if you uh, have any questions about like why, my, why I'm kind of hesitant uh, for Kentucky to dive into this uh, full throttle as like the expectation for him to be next year's starting center. You know, maybe that's just me being, you know, cautious uh, in a way that the, any school would be. Uh, you can leave your thoughts, though, in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky podcast questions comments concerns you can leave them in the comments below or on the socials i will see you all tomorrow for another episode of locked on kentucky hope you guys have a great rest of your day and god bless